Hi, my name is Kyle Santilli. Welcome to the Assholes Talking About Architecture podcast, or the AdaCast, for the uh, politically correct version of the name. I am here with Evan Causey. Hello! And we are going to talk about design. That's exciting. Question mark? Um, I'm hoping it will be. The whole plat- the whole idea behind this is that we're just going to shoot the shit on like design in the same way people like talk about comics. Like, I want to do for this, for, like, design, what Kevin Smith does for, like, comic books, and just, like, like, this is what I think. Is my opinion valuable? Maybe. And I will provide my opinion as someone who knows nothing about any of this. Which I think will be more valuable. Because nonsense is power. Because nonsense is power, and because I am not a trained professional. Awesome. So... Tell me what we're going to do today. Well, today we're going to talk about this, in my opinion, ridiculous glass-bottomed sky pool that I found on Design Boom, a war memorial for World War I that I found on Arc Daily. Uh, the CRG is envisioning a shipping container skyscraper concept for Mumbai, um, also Arc Daily. Uh, Bjark Engels and Jacob Lang's Kickstarter for a steam ring generator, and Bjark Engels' Um, plan to watch one of his buildings rise in Manhattan from a $4 million penthouse in Brooklyn. I understood some of this. Good. We're off to a great start then. Yay. I'm glad to know that I'm not disappointing. Not not too much. All right, cool. All right, so this first project. All right, what am I looking at here, Kyle? So right now, what you're looking at... Uh, it looks to me like there are these two apartment buildings, very fancy, green... And there is this pool between them, like a bridge, but it's, like, clear. It kind of looks like there's just a cube of water Hmm. between two buildings, and there's a person swimming in it. That's probably what they just did in the rendering. Like, they probably didn't, like, design, like, a glass around the outside. They're just like... Oh, okay. So there is glass around this thing. He's not just suspended in, like, some sort of non-Newtonian fluid. No, this isn't... There there isn't hover... There's hoverboards, there's not hover water. Gotcha, awesome. So, I'm looking at this. Looks cool. But that's about all I get from this. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about how this is possible? Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm excited. All right. So from from Design Boom, labeled as a world first, a 27-meter-long glass-bottom swimming pool is set to be installed at Nine Elms, a riverside district under construction in South London. Suspended 10 stories above ground, the pool will bridge two apartment buildings, making it possible to swim between the two structures. Wait, so... They're, like, this is designed as a mode of transportation. Apparently. This isn't recreational. This is just like, man, I have to get to this other building. Like, my 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 uh, my landlord is on this other building, got the rent check here, so it's going to climb to the top, swim across, then go to their office. Well, well, what my thought is, you know, via, like, apps such as Tinder, you know, I can want to hook up with someone and wear as minimal clothes as possible while I'm going to go to the hookup so they don't get to know the real me. So this is I- ideally going to replace sidewalks, you're telling me? Well, I think this is what they're envisioning as. I'm not sure of the practicality of mode of transportation. Like, I feel like this serves a purely recreational purpose, but also kind of dangerously so. Like, I feel like there should be some sort of rim around it. So there's like not going to be a wall. It's going to be like one of those infinity pools, which... They terrify me. I don't... I understand... Yes. They're becoming popular because they look fancy, mm-hmm. but you're just like, ooh, you're playing with fire there. Yeah, it's an infinity pool, but 
suspended in the sky. Suspended in the sky Gosh. over a London. Well, also this this um this picture is very unrealistic. It looks like a bright and sunny day. I don't think I've ever seen a shot of London where it looked that nice. Yeah, I don't understand. I also like it doesn't look like there's like a filtration system. I don't understand how they keep this water clean. Look at the amount of rain that London gets. I like in this picture too. They have like a just a footbridge on the other side, so these plebeians can see that they are not they're not traveling between buildings in the most stylistic fashion. Right, this person in the background just feels sad. <laughs> just looking over there like, oh man, I, also, I wish I was swimming to this other building. Right. How looking. many reasons do you have to go from apartment building to apartment building? Like, I could see it if they were, like, offices and, like, there was a restaurant, but, like, I mean, if you go to, if you live in an apartment, you just, you pretty much just stay yeah. there or maybe go to, like, your neighbor's room, but, like... Ooh, it's gonna have a working from home business area, so maybe it's for that. In the pool? When I... I don't think it's in the pool. <laughs> no? The complex. It also has... very confused by this next rendering, because I can't tell if that's, like, showing a border. If they're, like, showing that it has a border, or they're showing there's things below it, and they just, like, the depth isn't there. I think it's that. Um, but it also have a gym, so I guess that's one practical use. Like, if you live in that building that does... side that doesn't have the gym in it, you can, like, do your shower, but just... So it. it's the building's way of saying, yo, you live in the side where there isn't any of the cool things that you pay for, so we're going to give you the opportunity to swim to them. Yes. I dig it. However, it just means you need like a change of clothes for everything. If you're going to the work-at-home office, you're not going to do that wet in swim trunks. You're going to have like clothes with you, so... I mean, if you're swimming to the other side, what are you gonna, do you have, like, a waterproof bag that you're taking with you with your business clothes? Or I, do you have, like, a locker set up on the other side? Do you do you walk your clothes over to the other side of the pool through this little footpath? You leave your clothes there, then you go back to enjoy the whimsy of swimming across. This looks cool. This... I don't know. I don't know anything about architecture, but this seems just... Like, it doesn't have a lot of practicality to it. it. See, to me, it honestly seems like an exuberant display of wealth. Hmm, there we go. That makes sense. Like, at, like I, I hate it because it's, like, the first project that we're talking about, and I don't sound like a designer at all. Like, I don't sound like I have a design background, because we have the exact same, like, stance, and mine is, like, no more nuanced. This just goes to show you do not need to study architecture to sound like someone with a very colorful design background. Yes. But Aspire for greatness, everybody. I have, I have high hopes for all of you. Um, okay, so... Okay, well, is there another picture? Yeah, there's a, there, there, there's a few more images. There's this one. Gotcha. It, what, is this, what is this material going to be made out of? I assume they just paint it green. I, like, I would assume it would be a, like a stainless steel. It kind of looks like that from the way like, the sun is reflecting off of that. Very, very insightful about the building, but I was talking about the pool. Is that just going to be normal glass? I think, well, be, there's a million different ways to make glass, and so it's it's structurally feasible to make glass that will withstand that. Gotcha. What happens when it rains? Because I don't see, like, a thing for a pool cover here. Is it going to overflow and there's just going to be, like, a waterfall of, like, chlorinated <laughs> water to, like, the city streets below? <laughs> I think so. I Honestly, I think so. Like, it, I don't see how they're dealing with that issue. I am convinced that this is a terrible idea. What's awful, too, is it's from the uh, company Arup, which is, like, the best engineering, like, firm, like, in the world. Like, everyone goes to Arup to make sure their shit's gonna stand. Like, 
like Burj Khalifa, like all the t- world's tallest buildings, they get tested by Arab. Yet they designed a pool in the like one of the rainiest cities in the world that will overflow, and it looks like it's just going to fall on pedestrians <laughs> that are unfortunately walking by. And in the there's rain. nice trees that are not used to having chemicals uh, give them their nutrients. Yeah, I don't know how it's going. Um, super trees, super trees. There is there was something else that I wanted to wanted to ask. This what this reminds me of is, like, a clickbait article of, like, top ten visions of the future. Like, this is, like, what you'd expect to see in a world's fair of, like, what the city of tomorrow looks like. Just a lot of things that are normally in on the ground in the sky for no reason other than we can put them there now. Not a whole lot of, like, innovation, but it looks nice. And I think, I mean, I think that's a lot of, like, what the current movement in architecture is really about. It's just saying that, like, we have the technology to make these kind of futuristic visions possible so let's do it they spend so much time asking whether or not they can they don't ask they whether don't, they should exactly who are they to play god here um the pe- people who are able to convince very rich people that this is a good idea i mean they have convinced rich people of less very true i'm sure i'm I don't have an example for that. I mean, Bane convinced someone to trust him, and Bane obviously looks like he would kill anyone he ever was affiliated with. It's a work of fiction. Is it? I think so. I don't think The Dark Knight Rises was a documentary. That distorts my entire worldview. Oh, no. I don't, I don't know where this is. There's more images. And yeah, there's like this video of a... Uh, Is that like an artificial cliffside that they've built this bridge over? I think they put rocks in. What? Why? I don't know. This just all looks... Looked fancy, but I think that's about it. Like, all that it will provide the people who live here. Mm -hmm. On to the War Memorial. War Memorial competition finalists announced. In May, the U.S. World War I Centennial Commission launched its design competition for the redesign of the National World War I Memorial located in Washington, D.C. Though some concerns about the fate of Pershing Park, which which currently occupies the site, have been voiced, the competition will continue nonetheless, aiming to fulfill the commission's stated aim to transform Pershing Park from a park that happens to contain a memorial to a site that is primarily a National World War I memorial within a revitalized urban park setting with a discreet sense of place, this is, of course, from Mark Daly. So the site is on to its second stage of entry. So there's five... There's basically there's five entries here that are, like, the finalists. So the first one we're going to look at is Plaza to the Forgotten War by Brian Johnson, Sebastian Schmaling, and Andrew Cesars at Johansson, or Johnson Schmaling Architects in Milwaukee. All right. Okay, so we're building a war, World War One memorial in Washington D.C., which I'm surprised they haven't built one already. They have so many memorials up there. Yeah, I'm. I don't understand. I think I'm pretty sure they have a memorial to like Grenada or yeah. something up there. And yeah. They don't have World War One, the one that started it all. The forgot. That's why this is called the Plaza the to the Forgotten war. war. I see. They even have the inclusion of 
what looks to be in this concept photo, transparent people that you can see through Mm -hmm. reading these things. So am I to believe that ghosts of the veterans of World War One are going to come be visiting. There's some sort of paranormal aspect to this. In renderings, if you imagine that all of these people are made not transparent, like particularly this guy up in the front of this image, it blocks out a lot of what's actual, what's happening. So like you can't get an idea of this path, as good of an idea of this pathway. So often the transparency is just so that the people are understood to be there, but not not blocking off the business itself. I get it. So you can see what it looks like with people in it because that's how it will look in real life, but it's... It you can is, also see what it looks like. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That is that is really smart. Who came up with that idea? Um, I don't... The opacity filter on um, Photoshop, I think. Well, he deserves some sort of medal. That guy, definitely. Perhaps a spot in the swarm world. Yes! Did he fight in World War One? I? I don't think, I don't think he did. So yeah, he didn't do anything, but... He really helped some concept photos that made this thing happen, so... Yeah. We're gonna put him here. So, the site... So, let's talk about the actual thing. So, they appear to have started by making the site into a series of dots. Not unlike unlike the stars on the flag. I don't know if that's their concept, but it seems like it might have been. Interesting. They divide the site in in angles, presumably from one memorial to another. I assume that's what's happening here, because... That's the only way I would justify this major walkway happening the way it does. And that's what we in design like to do, is we like to find these cool angles to point things in interesting places. And then the memorial stuff happens on each side. Cool. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and so the circle things are trees. All right. Um, so, yeah. All right. Okay, so uh, on these little plaques in this diagonal, mm-hmm. these little... These are little obelisks sticking out from the ground. There is um, uh, what what is on those? Just information about the war, or I uh, would think names, maybe information. It doesn't make it entirely. I mean, clear. that's not a lot of space for like names. Probably just information then, because I think I think what they're doing with the um, with the actual site itself is putting on um, like plaques for the people. Gotcha. All right, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Seems a little simple for like World War One, right? Like I'm, in addition to not knowing a lot about architecture, I am also not very well versed in American history, so I can't really speak for the America's involvement in World War One. Um, other than I know that they were there, I probably sound like such an idiot, but that's I'm afraid there was you... there was mustard gas. Ah, uh, cool! I learned something. Uh, there's trenches, trench warfare, trench remember warfare that from history class. Um, I'm paper on that. Nice. Did it turn out well? I think so. Cool. Uh, me, so probably. I mean, just considering that, like, I, I don't know, just something about this seems... It seems simple. It seems too simple, but not in the way that the... You know, the 9-11 memorial is simple, yet very, very effective. Mm-hmm. Or, on an even more simple note, but more effective note, the Vietnam memorial. Oh, yeah. How, if this just seems like they're trying to make art out of it, but they didn't go too far. Like, mm-hmm. all right, here's a different picture. That's, that's oh, this a, is that's actually a different plan. Let me oh, go okay. back. Let me, sorry. Let me, let me look more at more pictures. Trying to 
trying to get to the um, the next one. Cause this oh, there's just several plans for this war memorial. Yeah. So this isn't the only one. Okay. So that yeah, that was the first of five. See, this picture just makes it look like a little part going on. Like mm-hmm. there's this couple having a picnic, which seems like inappropriate. A little bit. Like I would never go to like the Vietnam. Uh, Vietnam Memorial and like this is a great place for lunch just sit you down. know what makes me hungry is just the idea of death from war that- like hey honey there's your there's your great grandfather's <laughs> name he was stabbed with a bayonet who's ready for hoagies you know like like shouldn't there be like police there in this concept rendition like shooing them out of this very um somber location like World War One I, I don't know a lot about it but it wasn't a happy thing I would this is painted not. like a, a why aren't there some people playing ultimate in the corner where's the happy dogs like f- whimsically peeing on the memorial bushes I don't know there should be I'm confused about the point of this or uh, not the point but the tone that this is trying to set. Well, it's just, it's trying to make it look beautiful, I think. You know, it's trying to paint this picture of beauty, and it's trying to, I guess, make it into a place that's about, I, maybe it joyfully, I'm trying to rationalize it, and I don't understand why there are kids playing in a war memorial. Yeah, that's what's really kind of confusing me. I I would question the... Are they going to, like, put in, like, uh... Some like monkey bars f- near the Korean War monument or um, memorial, I should say. They don't monument. I it's- think they. I think they are, but it's also going to shoot steam out for the um, in t- in time durations between deaths in the during the war. Like this just seems very pretentious, and I I don't like it. I don't choose this one already, just because I don't like the I don't like the uh, designers. I like his tone. It's all it's, wrong. It, it is. It is. Um, okay, so here's the next finalist. All right. Already better because it's not that one. <laughs> World War One Memorial Concept, uh, Devin Kimmel, principal at Kimmel Studio, LLC, in Annapolis, Maryland. Is that a notable firm? Mm-hmm. Maybe after We're making, this. We are making note of them. Okay. Okay, so here's their first project picture. So... So are these little circles with dots? Is that just those are trees? Is not. I understood that they were trees. <laughs> I'm not that simple. But is this like the just the architectural field a field standard for trees and design? Is like circles with dots? Yeah. Because I've just noticed it on two documents mm-hmm. in a row, two designs in a row. Yes. Right, already, I like this one a lot better. We have like a a park that they can walk through, but it's not like. A, a park park. It looks like all the grass is like uh, like walled off and there's this giant wall that has a plaque of information with countries that were involved and it's like this little like memorial vigil tunnel with water. This looks really nice and beautiful and I think fits right into the Washington DC memorial area. Yeah, I think it definitely captures like especially because you're doing something so retroactively with making a memorial to World War 1. You don't want to make a World War 1 memorial look like it was designed in 2020 when which is when it wanted to being built. Ooh, that's exactly what was the problem with the last one is it looks so modern. This fits right in with the design of like all the other things uh in Washington. DC. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the only thing I honestly don't like about this one in this, because I, I really like this one as well, 
is the way they're handling the geometry is like I understand because by putting these trees on the outside, what you're going to do is you're going to make it so that the traffic around the site, um, the noise gets absorbed so that this site is a lot more quiet and it's like a lot more peaceful in here. It's just the way they're handling the geometry to make this circle happen is a little awkward to me. I but gotcha. that's because we're being we, picky. It's like this weird pentagonal shape here, mm-hmm. which I thought that was just the design from the first one, but I guess that's just a plot of land that they have to work with. Yeah, that's with. just the site. I mean, I guess it kind of fits in the, the best. There's, It's pretty much even except for that top corner there. Mm-hmm. They had, they, it doesn't look like they knew what to do there because it's like, whereas everywhere else they have like, the trees kind of dispersed in the same way. Up there, they have this really tight, condensed thing. That's where the kids are going to go do drugs and other terrible things. Mm. But honestly, I think it looks great. I have, I, from just a my my layman perspective, have, I really like this one. I like that one a lot better too. Like especially with this next graphic where they're showing like the the axial kind of thing about it. Um, all right, the next one, The Weight of Sacrifice by oh my. Joseph Weishar in Chicago, Illinois. I'm really glad that I knew someone with that last name, so I know how to pronounce that. All right. I, I don't understand these graphics. I don't either. This is just a whole lot of craziness. I see this kid staring at, like, this man, this image of a man getting stabbed on a wall. I see there's, like, this elevated... Okay, it looks like they're trying to sort of pony off of the... Vietnam Memorial, mm-hmm. where it goes down into the ground, and there's a wall, but instead of names, it's the images of people who died and got hurt. Hmm. Mm. I see. I, it's probably supposed to sort of symbolize the trench yeah. warfare, but at the same time, mm. the Vietnam Memorial does not take place, like, in a jungle. Right. Like, this. But, okay, so here's a better graphic of it. Um, okay, so there. this is apparently is a plaza. There's a statue in the middle of it. Um, there's wall, There's a, oh, relief walls over here. What's a relief wall? I don't know. Cool. You sounded like you knew. No, it's called confidence. <laughs> uh, the perishing wall, memorial walls, which I assume is the Vietnam style. Well, um... The, the graphics just—I don't. The graphics just aren't compelling to me, to be yeah. honest. No, like, uh yeah. Presentation is everything with this field, right? Yeah, presentation is everything, and this is just like, how did this even make a finalist? This this guy, this Weishar guy, might must just be like, have some credibility to even get this far with such mm-hmm. a bush league graphic, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because yeah. you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm st- stuck in conflict. It's like, because I could say some very egotistical things about about my own work. Well, in, that's what you're here to be the professional. Well, I know nothing. Don't well, make me feel bad. I won't understand what you're saying. All I was gonna say is that I would get I would get laughed at if I produced graphics that had the that, that were lacking in clarity as much as these are. Fantastic. Like these would not fly in my in my architectural program at USF School of Architecture and Community Design. And he is building a national monument. Yes. Shame but, on you, Weishar. But this 
See, and then when you look at the one wall, it looks nice, but that's it. That's the only compelling thing that there is here. And it's very clearly ripped from something else, and this that's been already been done, memorialized. Yeah, this this just screams thrown together. Very much. This one is finalist, an American family portrait by STL Architects in Chicago. Because there's nothing that screams wholesome family portrait values like World War One. Nothing. Certainly. See, but but at least these at least these graphics, these renderings look like this does. In the same kind, in the same art style, like visual style, what the first one should have been doing. Yeah, where these uh, people look like they're actually memorializing. Except there's like this girl reading a book, who presumably that's like some sort of literature on World War One, but it's probably like the Hunger Games or some nonsense. And then we have this baby who is one unattended on one of the memorial plaques touching it as like the artist makes it seem like this baby is like being moved by the names of the fallen soldiers just like oh my god this is my great the baby doesn't know anything this baby's like shiny i see my reflection mm-hmm. someone is letting the child walk all over this i do not approve of any sort of memorial that i mean i'm just gonna be out right with it. i dislike children and i don't like the idea of children climbing over a war memorial I think that's that's fair, but it it the, and the but these seem like you know like it, this the concept is interesting because it looks like these the site is this complex series of like pads and I can't really read it because it's too small despite me using the biggest screen I fucking own, <laughs> um, like that like show it shows it but it's also like has a reflective quality about it so like as you're reading it you're reflecting upon it because you're literally seeing a reflection. I see. I mean, I think that's way too poetic for the average like person who will come to this. It is. It's a very, it's very, a very cumbersome metaphor, but it's something the architects use. Hmm. I, Can we talk for a minute? How this person has balloons in the corner. They have this thing of balloons, as if this is the magic kingdom. I honestly think that at this point we don't understand what's going on. Is there a party happening here? And there's like this topiary statue of this this like businessman reading a plaque. I I don't get this. This one looks nice. Yeah. Like I like I like this rendering down here. This makes it look cool. I do overall enjoy the design of this. Yes. I'm I'm just fixated on the terrible terrible graphic, but I do overall like the design. It's way better than number one and three, but number two, I think, still has it for me. Number two just... There's something about that that screams traditional values that I like as an uninformed American citizen. I I think it's honestly the most compelling one as well. Uh, This one is... uh, So these are the four finalists? These are... Yeah, these are the finalists. These are top of the top. Who chooses this? A committee. A committee, so like just government officials? I'm not sure. It's it's typically a mix of government officials, you know, lo- local uh, local officials, um, people who have their hands in the money that goes into these things, um, and they typically will bring on like um, high uh, high profile architects as well to be making these decisions to make sure they come from a place of architectural, you know. I see. See this is the type of thing that I think the American public should vote on. I completely agree. Just show me four pictures. Which do you want to represent World War One in Washington, D.C.? Should we have that in the, politi- in the presidential elections? 
should we have? I absolutely things? think so. Like, I think, that'd be cool. I think elections should have way more pictures to just describe what I'm voting for. There should be more infographics. I think really. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's get out of politics and <laughs> on to the next finalist. Oh, that, that wasn't it. No, there's more. Oh, cool. Unfortunately, there, I think there's two more. Yeah. This this is... one first off, um, just my initial impression. It looks I like a. It yet. I know. But, okay, I have a thought. You, I'm sorry. You're ruining my groove. Hey, introduce. Heroes Green. By, um, oh, that even. I'm sorry. Just keep going. Yeah. Maria Counts of Counts Studio in Brooklyn, New York. So this is called Heroes Green, which does not help my initial impression at all, which was, this looks like a miniature golf course. Does it also double as a miniature golf course? Because that would certainly fit in with the tone of the designs we've seen previously. Come respect the fallen soldiers of World War One, and also work on your putting. <laughs> it's what they would have wanted. It is what they died to protect is your right to play a miniaturized version of a sport. They actually did. That was one of the things. I mean, that's not what they signed up for. It's not exactly what they signed up for. Actually, they didn't sign up for anything. They were drafted into it. I'm sure a fair bit didn't even want to go. Oh, I'm sure. Um, the, 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 I mean, but the thing is, if we didn't have these wars, we wouldn't have the great works of literature by people who were like, I'm a writer and I want to be an artist, but now I have to go to war. Oh, but now I have interesting stories. Now I'm going to write books that are about those interesting stories. Like Slaughterhouse-Five. I mean, yes, for a fantastic book. Yeah, at, we need wars to have books like that. But we don't need wars to have miniature golf courses like this, which I'm still not convinced that this isn't. <laughs> it really looks like one. It's also called Heroes Green. I'm saying, like, why not just call it Heroes Fairway? Yeah, it, the, I'm sure there's... That's what you name golf courses. They're called greens. You play golf on the greens. You just look like this is the next iteration of monster mini golf. They they uh they they built their initial like indoor putt putt courses with black lighting. Mm. Then they built the kiss one for Las Vegas. So now they're building a series of uh, war memorial putt putt golf. I mean, I think, but I think this one does present the most compelling enemy or compelling monster because the monster is the past that we all fight. Very insightful, Kyle. Very insightful. I will say, however, um, as ridiculous as this is, uh, I would be more compelled to go to a war memorial if there was some sort of function. Yeah, I mean, I I would be compelled to go play mini golf if there was occasionally like after I after I get the ball in, like something pops up and it gives me some facts about World War One. Maybe there's just like James Earl Jones like giving you like an audio history of World War One as you play miniature golf. That's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. But that is actually not what this is. This looks like just a weirdly shaped park that looks like miniature golf could take place in it. I mean, there's nothing here that indicates World War One at all. Like, is there, like, there's not even any memorial structures. There are, literally, it is a park. There be, This one has people playing in it. There's, yeah. There is a graphic of Ultimate going on in the corner of this one. There's people playing soccer. There's people eating lunch. There's people like, this is just a park that also represents World War One. I. I, I don't think this is the main memorial for World War One. I'm convinced it's not. 
This just had to be a park. See, yeah. Heroes Green seamlessly blends Memorial Park and Garden into a new type of public space. A highly integrated composition of topography, paths, walls, and plants create a landscape of dynamic views, distinguished prospects, shaded valleys, and within glens. So it is just a nice park that is supposed to represent World War One, but in no way does this. I think, honestly, he wanted to just build a memorial. He had an idea for a park, and he just kind of like made the two go together. He just made it happen. I dislike that. It doesn't fit in with Washington, D.C. at all. Like, if this was in Seattle as, like, some sort of monument to the plight of the millennial or something, I could buy it. But, like, for something as, like, globally impacting as World War One, to just be like, it's just a nice park. I don't buy it. I don't like it. Like, I don't like it at all. It looks it looks very nice. I, I don't want to, like... I mean, it, it does definitely look nice. Doughboy Plaza? Yeah, Doughboy Plaza. That might have some significance. You don't know if that was the name of, like... That's true. That could be, like... I might just be, like, Doughboy. What's this? Woohoo! The Pillsbury Doughboy Plaza! <laughs> but, like, it's, like, General Doughboy, like, is a hero. <laughs> My opinion, number two of those designs wins and is the only one of that is good at all. Like, it's not even a tough choice. It's easily. Two is the only one that makes sense. Like, if I go to Washington, D.C. in 2020 and I don't see that one, I'm going to be very upset. If I go and see the Doughboy Plaza... You know what I'm going to unfortunately predict? I'm going to unfortunately predict that this one it wins because this is a lot cheaper. Why don't you tell the listeners which one that is? The Oh, oh yeah, the first one. they can't see any of us. The Plaza to the Forgotten War by Johnson Schmaling Architects in Milwaukee. The um, initial, the, the first design we went over with the obelisks. Honestly, this one looks the cheapest to make, if the least compelling. Yeah, and then ultimately it comes down to budget. And, yeah, ultimately it does. This one is the most. It's very, it's very minimal, but I mean, it is a park. It has obelisks that I assume will have information, and it also has these little crosses. So as much as I definitely prefer the second design, I have a feeling that this one is going to win out. I will accept your opinion of that. Thank you. That's all I ever wanted. Because I have no information to make an argument against that decision. Fair enough. Alright, next also from Arc Daily because uh, they, they're they the only ones that get to my email every day. Um, CRG envisioned shipping containers um, skyscraper concept for Mumbai. CRG Architects has won third prize in an ideas competition focused on providing temporary housing in India. Set within the heavily populated Dharavi slum, CRG's container scrapers propose to house 5,000 city dwellers by stacking 2,500 shipping containers up to heights of 400 meters. If built, the radical proposal would be supported by a concrete structure and offer a range of public housing options from flats to three-bedroom residences. Okay, so this is an apartment building mm-hmm. made out of shipping containers. It looks really cool. It's, it's like all rainbow, and uh, I'm assuming it goes down to like, is it just a red on this side and yellow on this side? Yeah. Oh, there's like blues right there. Yeah, there's... So it's just like a, the color spectrum all the way around. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, it's... so it's like yellow, red, yellow, blue. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. I am a fan of this initially. I really like the way it looks. What? How does the Mumbai skyline look? Would this fit in with it? Um, because that's my problem. Just <clears throat> as an observer of these fancy buildings. <clears throat> 
Excuse me. Honestly, um, there's no images of the skyline here, but from this one, it looks like this just happens in the middle of a slum. There's just these gi- this giant, abstract-looking tower. So it is basically like the apartment complex from Judge Dredd. Yes. Or Dredd with Cal Urban, yeah. Carl Urban? I don't know. I'm, I've never seen those. There's only... Doesn't matter. It's not what we're here to talk about. I mean, we could talk about Judge Dredd later if you want. You could. I would probably be much more informed. I've seen at least one of those movies. Fair enough. Because, <laughs> um. like, uh, you see, like, a lot of these really big, uh, new modern-looking buildings get built, <clears throat> and they just, they, they don't fit in. Yeah. And they stick out. And I know that progress doesn't happen overnight, but, like, they're not planning to... I feel like when it comes to these big cities, mm-hmm. they're not planning to tear down buildings to build new ones. Yeah. So, well, a lot of what it is is they're looking for icons. Okay. So they're trying; they're being provocative for provocative's sake, and also because it generates revenue to their cities because people want to go there to see these cool buildings. I mean, but the thing is with this is that's not the purpose of this. The purpose of this is the fact that they have far too many people and not nearly enough space. And this seems like it would be able to build, be able to be built relatively cheaply because they're using recycled materials in the shipping containers, and the colors are a very intentional side effect of that. So these are just old shipping containers. Yes, it's twenty five hundred old shipping containers that are just stacked and turned into. Do they have these somewhere, or are they going to find them once this is approved to go, or is this being built? Is Uh, this going to happen for sure? I'm. It, I don't know. Oh, it has vertical gardens in it, which will um, help keep the thing... What's a vertical garden? Is nah. it just what it sounds like? It's exactly what it sounds like. Cool, it's a, it's a, a tower of garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so those will help keep it like, cooler during the like immense heat that it is. Wait, how does that work? How does a garden keep someplace cooler? Um, it provides circulation. It, it like acts as a heat sink. Really? Yeah. I don't, is I'm, that why a lot of buildings have plants on the inside? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I always thought it was just... It also produces oxygen, which is good when you... I thought it was just a pure aesthetic thing. I didn't know it had, like, a function. I think in a lot of places, especially, like, now with something this big, you definitely need to have, like... You need to be replacing oxygen very quickly and very efficiently. And this thing seems strangely, like, porous. Like, I can't tell if this interior structure is, like, just open, you know? Yeah, like, just open to the elements... Yeah. Also, I don't know how I would feel about living, like, 30 stories above the ground in a shipping container. Like, those things aren't built with the idea of people living in them in mind. I mean, people live in them constantly, though. And it looks yeah, like... but that's not ideal. That's like saying, okay, because there's, like, the homeless people who live in, like, cardboard boxes, we're going to build our next New York Tower out of cardboard boxes. Well, they're also using concrete. They're also using a concrete structure to... Put them all together. I'm, I'm sure, like, I'm sure it'll feel relatively safe. <laughs> That's exactly what I want when I'm moving into a giant building. You will feel relatively safe. You're not living in the slums of India right now. Oh, okay, so they're building this so people don't have to live in garbage. Yes. So you can either live in the relatively safe tower or continue to live in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I mean, you think it might be more effective to just build, like, housing... Well, I mean, th- this is what th- this. But like, there has to be like a better way to do it than this. Well, what they saw, is, what they see in this design, is a way to take some, take a waste product, which these material containers ultimately are, 
just take a bunch of concrete, which is a really cheap material as well, and be able to stack this very, to be able to do, stack this very high, so you get a lot of people in a very small footprint. And also, you could stamp, you could stamp out this design, and you know, wipe out a slum and just have the same amount of people live in you know a fourth of the size because you have them all living vertically as opposed to horizontally. This just seems completely wild, like something out of a cartoon, like. The kids next door, the old Cartoon Network show, they, like, build stuff out of garbage to, like, have practical function. You people are living in these things that are not designed to be lived in, so, you know what, we're just gonna go ahead and build you a house out of them. I don't, like, on paper, it sounds like, the way you explain like, such a great idea, but when you really think about the idea of them making that in real life, it just seems so strange. Yeah, it's not the most like foreign thing though in architecture. Like a lot of people are like designing with shipping con- shipping container design is an incredibly popular thing right now. I have seen this before, but like I always assumed it was just material that was made to look like a shipping container and wasn't actually one. People will literally buy shipping containers and have them brought to their house, ironically, and then they'll make like make beautiful, beautiful like minim- minimal looking homes. That you're not sure how they get amenities into, but somehow they figure it out. Is there a container that ships shipping containers? I think it's a bigger shipping container. <laughs> is the 1% living in those shipping containers? No, the, the shipping shipping containers? The 1% is living in shipping containers that, like, retrofitted shipping containers that just look incredible on the inside. And are, like, rusted and made to look all nice on the outside. And they're like, look, we're roughing it. <laughs> I get it, but I don't. Well, it's it's this it's this whole argument that you know the material, the shipping container material would go to waste. I mean, it, they're made out of something that's you know something that's strong and something that's not being used. I mean, they're also using a lot of glass. I don't really see the um, like they're cutting out a lot of these shipping containers to make in, inserting glass <coughs> into them, which obviously is a great thing. But at the same time, how much more practical is that than, you know, just building in more conventional means? I guess I think is where I stand on it. Mm, I, I get it. I agree with you. I just, I... Like, it just, if you, doing this on small scale, like, if you literally just brought, like, took people who are living in cardboard houses and just brought them these shipping containers and were like, live in these now! Yeah, right. Why don't they just make a neighborhood of shipping containers? It seems way easier. Yeah, like because in, individually, I think you'd occupy the same amount of space, but at the same same time, these things are expanding. So this would be, I guess, where you'd end up, or people would end up stacking them like this themselves. If the as the population in these kind of slums grows, if you think about it, you know. Yeah. All right. So I mean. In a way, this would kind of happen organically and not be as well like well designed in terms of letting light and um, circulation and plumbing and that kind of thing in. Because that if they gave them shipping containers, they would just stack up. <laughs> it's just what they do naturally. Yeah, that's what they're they compelled do. to stack them. They 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 would because you know there's only so much room so much room on the ground and this they only have so much place that they can illegally like squat. I see these these graphics. It looks like shipping containers near the tower with propellers coming out of them. That they this is also the new mode of transportation. I either that's a very convenient way to get to and from work, 
Or they're, I think that's how they're proposing to build them with drone technology. Oh, interesting. Is that like becoming a thing? Just unmanned it's, uh, yeah, drones it's, building buildings? Well, not like specifically drones, but like 3D printing like housing is becoming a huge thing right now. Where in China, where they're able to build like, build, you know, whole towers in like days by just 3D printing them out. I mean, how big are those printers? They're like it's like a it's like an actual like grid system. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. So they're huge. Man, that is a that's a topic for another podcast. That is def- definitely we have to get to that. All right. It's so because it, it, that's awesome because that's such like the point of this is you know that that sort of thing is so commonplace to me because I see it you know every day but it's you know completely foreign like if you're not in the design world. Yeah, that's just yeah I've never heard of that. That's so crazy. This, I don't know, it looks super nice on the inside, like everyone's wearing fancy clothes. Obviously, they're not going to design it to look trashy, but like, it's taking place in the slums, but they're making it seem like this is like a high-end apartment complex. Mm-hmm. So, it could cause rapid gentrification of the area, pushing people without a place to live to fur- a further no place to live? I mean, okay... Another problem with this: this is living. Uh, this is going into place uh, a slum area mm-hmm. where people don't really have a home, right? Yeah. Are the people paying to live there? That's also a very good question. Like, if they're just like squatting in this area, then they finally like build these sharks. Like, okay, you have a house now, but you have to pay rent. That doesn't like. I mean, so yeah, that was the situation before. There was places to live. I just can't afford it. I don't know. Like if. Someone built a giant, nice, like, castle by my house, and it's like, you're going to live here now, but you're going to pay a million dollars to live there. I'd be like, can't? What do you want? And then they're going to like, well, we also destroyed your house, so you have no choice. Yeah, and there's, like, a strong argument in the... Ar- there's, there's argument in the architectural community on very strongly on both sides. Like, a lot of the architects who design these things like to say that they have no place in doing those politics. They're just given something to design, and they do it, and they're creative about it. And then there's the other side. See, that, that makes a lot of sense to what I'm seeing right here. It's like, someone just gave me a scenario, and I built an imagination tower with my imagination. Obviously, I'm not trying to decredit architecture, no, but, like, it's, it's, they're it's, just like, I made art out of what you told me to do, and I don't really care about the practical... Uh, application to it, or how you're going to implement it into society, or the politics. I just, I just build buildings, man. Yeah, and it's it's a very long, like it's it's a very long debate that's been going on forever in the design world. But then, but then there's also the other side where like there's a large architectural community, and I think I fit. I'm definitely more on this side where you have to really think about you have to think about the way these things are actually going to make sense, like. Who's going to live in these things? You absolutely do, because this looks like this is a nice... These are all nice people wearing, like, freaking Izod and, like, Tommy right. Bahama right here. This, this guy's, part, like, taking... He has an iPhone. Nobody who lives in those slums has iPhones. No, this... Like, this interior rendering looks like a future... looks like straight up any futuristic city thing you've ever seen in the entire world. This looks like a hotel in Las Vegas. It does. Absolutely, it does. And to say that it's going to be, like, affordable housing for, like, a slummy area just seems like it just doesn't make sense. It's not going to look this way on the no, inside. How's the up... Who's going to pay to, like, upkeep this sort of thing? It seems cumbersome. I don't know how any of this is feasible. I really don't either. I mean, I can... I mean, because it's... It, like, it... 
you know, there's obviously it's conflicting because one because I'm stuttering, and you can tell <laughs> I'm very conflicted on the subject purely on that basis. Whereas they're clearly trying to do something that's important and that's good. That's good. They're just like, but it seems like they're doing it for the sake of doing it, rather than for it actually being like great because. Um, the design, they're not talking about the political situation at all in this art, in the article here. They're talking, you know, about the, about this, you know, fancy facade that they've made out of, they've made out of recycled material, but not talking about the actual practicalities of people living here. Um, which I think should definitely be addressed. That is, they have heights of vertical gardens. They have, you know, cleaning, cleaning gardens, cleaning water. People who live there don't care about gardens. If I'm homeless, I definitely don't care about aesthetics. I just want to live somewhere. Right. I mean, aesthetics are nice, and ideally, if they're going to build something, they want it to look cool, because everyone deserves to live in a cool place, I feel, personally. Yeah, but I mean, absolutely. And I mean, that's... I think that's a lot of what I want is... want, you know, for the future, is I want, you know, the future to look... You know, to borrow something from Mr. Bjark Ingalls, who we're about to talk about, you know, the... When we design architecture, we're trying to make the world look more like our dreams. But you have to actually make that world that you want to look like your dreams livable. Yeah. I don't know, between the concept of something that seems like a post-apocalyptic movie where they've built a tower out of waste material to live in for shelter mm. and just no seeming... At least not in here, there's no planned of how to implement it into the society. I just... I... It looks cool, but I, I just... I don't get it other than that. So so here I'm reading... I'm reading more of the article. And ah, I, that might... Honestly should have read this more in, in the future. We, uh, there will be... I will have... I will be much more informed about these things as we go into them, but it's it says it's in the densely populated uh, Dharabi slum of Mumbai, but at the same time... Um, the the skyline of Mumbai, and this is three paragraphs, two or three paragraphs down. The skyline of Mumbai will be severely modified after receiving the container scraper on its dense urban grid. It goes on to say this position of the towers is the answer to the regular shape of the site, giving the area an opportunity to uh, be a new landmark to the city with a new visual presence. You are putting a landmark to the city with a new visual presence. In the, in a in a slum, in a densely populated slum, you are putting something that you are also going to propose as a landmark. That's like building a theme park in the middle of the desert and just hoping because there's something cool in this place that people would not otherwise go to unless they had to be there. Goodness would just develop around it. And I think it's like very analogous to it. All it it. Reminds me of like the way they built stadiums. Like you know that new stadium in Miami where oh, like yes. they kick a bunch of people off a bunch off of a plot of land. I mean they they buy it from them. Well, they, right? yeah, they don't just like get out of here with the government. Well, those people often don't have a choice to sell. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, so they don't have a choice to sell. And these in this place, these people probably don't even own this land. This is probably just the only place they could find to rest their heads. Honestly, man. The more you talk about this, I just don't like this idea. Why do you keep just showing me terrible things? These these are like the most popular architectural things of the past like week. All right. Well, what are other people saying about this? I don't know. 
let's let's look down in the comment section of this. Um, I don't see the advantage of using the containers. This is by MVA. A day ago. One day ago. Um, is quite far from being. It's not efficient. It's in a, but a four hundred meter scraper is a joke, and it's not cheap. The facade looks fine, but I do not buy the program mathematical pattern according to the characteristics of the environment. Um, the building is going to burn all occupants. It does not make any sense to use a color code of solar incidents. Temporary housing for 5,000 people. A surplus of shipping containers. Something is awry. <laughs> is the technology available for flying container drones? <laughs> By Spam Sushi. I like that one. Yeah, Spam Sushi. He, he's got it. He's got it figured out. Um, Alright. Megan is also not very happy. Um, um, th- this woman actually, I, I assume Megan is a woman, she wrote her thesis paper on the Dharavi uh, slum, and she says, trying to rehouse the people of this in a skyscraper has been attempted and it failed. The people in Dharavi don't just live in their homes, they also serve as shops and offices and warehouses. Not all of them live in tiny houses. One gentleman I interviewed was furious because the authorities wanted to force him into a skyscraper, which had elevators, which didn't work. And the running water didn't either. Um, never mind, this is completely disrupting the community structure of the people there. Housing them in a skyscraper is what's best for the financial and social elite of Mumbai, which is what I've been arguing this whole time. So thank you, Megan. Um, not what is best for the people who have historically ostracized and oppressed these Okay, movements. Megan's got this. This is exactly the type of thing that I was thinking mm-hmm. without any real knowledge. I'm just sort of... Uh, Extrapolating right. this, but bam! Yeah, it's put, it's written there in, from this 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 Megan. Yeah, I, I get it, it. I think what's interesting is like the fact that like I mean, apparently, so people do own the own their own land here, which okay. is which is something that I did not. Obviously, I've been talking as if they didn't didn't. So it, if anyone's going to take anything and say it out of context, here I have I have new understanding. I'm now more informed. Um, so their houses, you know, serve as shops, offices, and warehouses. These are very efficient people in these slums. Um, and they, this doesn't make any sense for the area at all. Yeah, all right. I'm convinced it's a terrible idea now. Terrible idea. Okay. <laughs> Through this whole thing, there's been one good idea, and it won't even be chosen because it's too expensive. I, Moral I, of this world is I, a terrible and unfair place. But I, we already knew that. Yeah, but I, I'm optimistic about it. Are you? I think I think you have to be. Why? No, I mean, not why you have to be optimistic, but why are you optimistic? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say for optimist optimism's sake, but just because I think that that plan is so much better than anything else that they it might just go through regardless of cost. Also, because where the United States' economy is the best it's been in a very long time, and it's also a very proper memorial. That I think people who understand World War One would appreciate. Oh, you're talking about the World War One. That's what we were talking about with the optimism. Yeah. yeah. About the design, the design number two with the axial grid and the circular. No, no, I like it. So you, you think that one might? I that's the one I want to, and I would say that because of our current economic situation, it has a it has a likelihood to All it. Right. Okay. So now we're gonna go into the steam ring generator for the world's cleanest power plant. We're going to watch the video, and you'll have to watch that on. So they're building this thing 
Definitely. Yes. Okay, so... This is guaranteed to happen. Then... It's already hit its goal, and it's already hit its... It's already passed its goal. It's already basically doubled its goal. Okay, but they're building the final prototype before they build it, so this was a Kickstarter for the prototype? Yeah. This is a Kickstarter for the last prototype. Was there Kickstarters for the other prototypes? I mean, they're already building this giant structure. Like, it's just the Copenhagen government funding it, kind of, and, like, they're hoping this just takes care of some of the overhead. Basically. Okay, that makes a lot more sense, because I'm like, okay, okay, I got it. All right. um, Okay. I have problems, and this might just be with syntax in the the video, which you can view on the Kickstarter page, um, in that they say that when they scale it up to the one-third scale, they're going to have problems that they're going to use this money to face. Yet, they're also... That you're like going to go from there to the final size. They're obviously going to encounter more problems at the final size. Yeah, like, I feel like so. I would I would think that you would want your final prototype to be to scale of your final design. Yeah. Like, not a third of its size. If you're mm. saying that going from one-tenth to one-third, you're going to have problems... Going from one third to one to one, you're also going to have issues. Whereas if you go from one tenth to one to one, you'll probably still have. I mean, you're obviously going to have more issues. But if you like, once you finish those issues, you don't have to go through another round of problem solving. I'm confused by a lot of this thing. Like, how how does this is a, just a normal power plant mm-hmm. that is using the steam runoff to. Yeah, literally, this it's you know the way that the way that power plants produced smokestacks, you know where the steam goes up. Here, the steam goes up; it coalesces, and then once there's enough of it, it becomes a smoke ring and it puffs it out. Okay, so wait, this is not the this this is a project not to make some innovation in uh, innovation in energy production, but is to just reshape the pollution. Yes. Oh. Yeah, so as opposed to a solid stream of smoke, you have smoke rings. So instead of reducing pollution, we're just making it prettier? Yes. Wow. I, okay, I am not a incredibly intelligent person. I was watching this video just assuming that I lacked some sort of, like, context that they are just like, we're going to use the steam and the smoke that is produced... To like turn some new turbine to make even more energy, but no, we're just literally reshaping the thing that is killing our planet. Yeah. So you can, but but the idea that they present in the video is every time you see one of these, you think, oh, that's a ton of a ton of pollution. What a great thought to I, have. I, I should be. I should live a cleaner lifestyle. That's what they're trying to inspire in the video. <laughs> I don't know about that. This is just. Well, because I also I'm also not from Denmark, so I don't understand if that that would not work in America. No, not at all. As a as a as you can see, average American hearing about this for the first time think it's ridiculous. As a for as a Floridian and knowing people around me, if just because we have visual markers of the amount of pollution we're causing, will not incline most people. I mean, myself perhaps because I'm a strange individual and I care about these things. To pollute less, but no one is no one in this country would care about this. Oh no, not at all. Definitely, like I don't like polluting because it's terrible, and I care about killing the planet. Yes, but I see so many people just like litter on a daily basis, mm-hmm. and they just they don't 
care at all. Like, they're, they're gonna be like, cool, can you make it into a star? Maybe it can be red one day. Like, I'm just, that's basically like, I don't know. I am, I think this is ridiculous. Why, this money should be going to, like, literally just trying to figure out a way to reduce pollution. They, there is, like, you it can is release... Clean, it is, a, in its defense, it is a clean energy plant. It is trying to, it is taking, it is taking, like, waste, like, it is taking, like, landfill, landfill waste and producing it into the cleanest for and, like, producing energy from, like, landfill waste, so they're reducing their landfill size, they're producing energy, and they're releasing the least volatile form of pollution, the least volatile being operative boards, form of pollution that there is into the sky. I, I like a lot of it, but, like, it just seems so ridiculous. Basically, why doesn't it just spell out the words, you did this? Like, this just seems like a... Like, guilting people. Like, this is, it is like... It is, it is guilt. But, like... Uh, I'm just... There's infographics that can explain how... How much we're polluting. I mean, I guess. Okay. I can understand from a basis that, like... People see a piece of paper, they're not connected to it, but if you can see, like, an actual mark of just how much pollution is going into the mm-hmm. air, it becomes a little bit more real, because you can see smokestacks, like, well, that's just a problem that right. I can't even begin to grasp what that means. That just looks like a cigarette into the sky, I'm sure it's bad, I know it's bad, but yeah. who knows what to do? This is like, you know exactly what this is. Here is a ton of pollution. There is two tons of pollution. It's like, oh my, make it stop. But it's just, okay, I, I, can, I can understand. It just it seems like sort of ridiculous when you try to explain it to someone. It's also, the top of the building is a ski slope. You know, that doesn't seem to make sense. But I think that's, but that's what's like cool about it. This is, like the, this is actually the only ski slope in Denmark. Is this Banksy's next project after Dismal Land? No, this is... No, th- what this is, is like I was talking about, and forgive me because I'm a fucking B.R. Kingles fanboy, and I'm very unapologetic about that fact. Um, should have hired me. This might not be happening now. now Did you apply for his, like... I applied at this firm, yeah. Ah. Um, and I, like, I love the work, because they took a energy plant, which is producing clean energy, and they put a ski slope... They made a ski slope on top of it. So the roof space isn't wasted. That's cool. That's an interesting idea. And so this is where the Olympic team for Denmark will practice. Oh, wow. Because it's the only ski slope in the country. I do like that concept of making something that we don't necessarily like into something useful. Yeah. But, I don't know. I don't don't like thinking about these things, but it's forcing me to think about these things. That's what design does. Oh, man. You're going to face the big problem. We're facing, the, we're solving the big problems in the world. This, this is the best. I, I've, I've come full circle. I'm, I'm all about this now. Yeah, and I mean, just need to talk it out. It, I mean, it helps that I have an extensive background knowledge on this particular project. I mean, that's why it's not just like two of me talking about this, or else we'd just be like silly smoke rings, pollution, pollution, like we do with the last, pro- like we do with the last project. I mean, the last project was terrible. It was an awful idea. Um. So I really like this. The Kickstarter, however, gets 
confusing, and we'll go into why in a bit. Okay. I mean, unless you want to talk about this further. Oh, it's... What's your final ver- final verdict on this project? I give it a thumbs up. I, I do I do as well. I think it's... The, st- the steam ring generator is a very good cause. This project has been in works for years. It's already being... The building's already being built. Like, this is a picture of the building being constructed for completion in 2017. I love the project. I'm very excited about it. If I go to Copenhagen, unfortunately, I... I I might, I could, I could do my thesis in, on some. I could do my thesis on this building. All right. Or I, like, I could just like, I could just make it. I could make my thesis. Like, I could just like set up studio space and just do it on the ski slopes. Yes. Or wrap my thesis into some sort of excuse to go see this because I don't think we're going to be doing any housing projects in Copenhagen for some reason. They seem like they've got that covered. I dig it. Mm-hmm. And so our last story, and then. And then we're going to make that story and this one face off. Ooh. This is Starkitect. Starkitect. Um, are you familiar with the term? No, I'm not Starkitect. All right, so the Starkitect. Tony Stark. Yes, exactly. Um, so the Starkitect like, mythos is the same way that like you have rock stars. You know, you have musicians, and then you have rock stars. Ooh. You have architects, and then you have Starkitects. That is just ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> it is ridiculous. In the same way, DJ Hypotect is a mu- musician, um, uh, Tommy Lee is a rock star. I understand. Okay, so Starkitect. Starkitect Bjark Ingels plans to watch two World Trade Center, which is a project of his that recently got approved. It's the second World Trade Center building, which is half going to be, it's a $4 billion project. Half of it's being funded by News Corp. And the other, or half of it's being put by News Corp and Fox News. Okay. Uh, and it's a business tower in the World Trade Center, on the World Trade Center site. All right. Um, I dig. So he plans to watch his build, watch his building rise from his brand new four million dollar penthouse in the Dumbo district of Brooklyn. Dumbo stands for something. I had it here. Okay, so Dumbo, Brooklyn, is also known as Down. Under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. All right, so it is actually Dutmabo. Yes. We'll get the map. Here's where it is. Okay. And so his firm is right around here. Got it. So. Um, so why is the fact that he bought a $4 million apartment? Well, for one, let's look at the apartment. Let's talk about the apartment first. All right. Okay. So this Slake apartment, this Slake Dumbo apartment is one of the coolest homes in Brooklyn. Again, this wait. This is uh, New York Daily News for this one. Um, he's riding high after scoring this. Okay, so he's funding this with world with two World Trade Center money because the last retail value of this home was at three point eight nine million dollars. Um, um, it has twenty two thousand three hundred and forty four square feet of outdoor space. Well, that's the guy. Yeah, that's Mr. Uh, Bjark Ingels there. Looks like he, he enjoys the finer things in life. Indeed. Including black phoenix. And black leather blazers with a very... I'm sure that watch is like $30,000. Oh, I bet. So, the thir- three-bedroom penthouse pad, which was listed by Alan and Karen Heyman of Sotheby's International Realty, 
is one of Brooklyn's finest homes with four separate terraces, a private elevator access, and dramatic glass wall living spaces. It was previously owned by house music producer Victor Calderon and his wife, lifestyle guru Athena Calderon. Um, the building also has a fitness center, a media lounge. Um, he previously lived in Tribeca, Tribeca and says he plans to walk the, uh, to work every morning over the Brooklyn Bridge. It takes me 30 minutes, he said. I timed it. Man. I had no idea the world of architecture was like... They had articles writ- uh, written about their celebrities buying new homes. I assume that was only something for, like, film and music. Mm-hmm. And so that's what that's what's interesting in a lot of, like, what we're going through with this podcast is that in the architecture world, the architecture world has a pop culture ethos like to its onto itself that is completely separate from the conventional pop culture that we you know enjoy but it's it's you know it's completely separate but it's the exact same fucking thing it is it absolutely like, is like this, this this article could be written about any celebrity mm-hmm. only i have no idea who this guy is i mean i have a basic understanding now but like mm-hmm. i'd never heard the name bjark ingles before tonight really i talk about i talk about a lot this all right, so this home's nice. It seems like a cool place. Yes. Okay. So he is a very—he's a star architect. He bought a fancy house, and he is—he is heading the steam rig generator. Mm-hmm. Yes. So here's where the debate goes in. Where does this guy get off trying to make the public pay fifteen thousand dollars for a steam rig generator when he just spent four million dollars on a house? You know. He doesn't look like he's the type of person who likes to spend his own money on his projects. He likes to have other people pay for it. I mean, anyone who lives as fancy as this... I don't know. There's there's a sense of... I don't wear it. I just don't know. Another thing that confuses me? He doesn't have kids. No. He has a girlfriend. He's not married. He has a girlfriend, and he just bought a three-bedroom house. I mean, he's going to have a guest over, I'm sure. Someone as big as he is is entertaining all the time with, like, partners and clients. Very true. So why don't you stay at my nice, luxurious $4 million apartment? Confront and my apartment. Look at this d- building I, I designed. It's coming up. He seems like, I don't know, this is like every single, like, rock star mm-hmm. persona just in an architect, and I, for one, am not excited to see just the fakeness and superficiality of, like, celebrity seep into other more practical oh, it, fields. The thing is, it's totally in there. It's 100% in there. Oh, no. This is completely prevalent, and so the thing is, is, like, you know, with this, is I want to put, I, I think the pop culture of architecture should be held to the same level of scrutiny that Kanye West should. Oh, absolutely. You think this guy lives a completely moral life? I just, I imagine if I ever had that much money, I would never blow it on something like that. I don't know. But what's also kind of hilarious to me is this is not the first time he's bought an apartment specifically so he could have a view of one of his own buildings. That seems just so egotistical. To buy four million, because there is like so many places he could buy to just be near his building, but just like... God, I'm awesome. I made that happen. I'm going to spend $4 million to live in a place where I can watch what I did. Like, mm-hmm. oh, mother. That is... That's a lot. That is quite a bit. 
I did, but the thing was, he had he did his thesis project on a plot of land in the uh, Morastad district of Copenhagen. If I'm wrong, please do not attack me, Internet. He's built something in Orestad, and I know it. Um, it was the set of apartment com- set of apartment complexes, like a V shape. So it was like this, and then next to it, there was this thing called the mountain dwellings, which is a series of like a series of single family cottages, but built as a mountain with the parking serving as the base of the mountain. So we'll draw you a diagram. It's a tr- this is the park. It's a triangle where the parking is, and then above the triangle is a slab, and this is where the cottages are. Okay. So, he watched this come up from an apartment over here. Man, this just seems like... It just makes me feel sort of scared to believe in this type of personality. I think it's incredibly interesting. Oh, for sure, but it's just like... He just buys places, these most expensive, like, sort of, like, castles he could live into, like... This seems like some sort of like Alexander the Great type conqueror mentality, and he does have that. His a lot of his perspective on architecture is about the way he takes the way he's able to weave politics and make them work for him rather than against him with his designs. That's kind of like that's it's, he calls it bigamy, and it's this whole like theory about how you can take you know the problems that you take during an architectural design, and if you just weave every single problem that you face and make it a prominent feature in your design, it looks cool and people buy it. I mean, he certainly seems like he's a master of um, selling whatever it is that he sells to people. I mean, man. How do you just, like... Was he, like, born into this sort of life as, like, a lot of rock stars and movie stars are? Um, his dad was... They, he wasn't all that wealthy, relatively. But, I mean, like... Was he born into, like, connections? Um, this seems like the type of thing that's very hard to just sort of, like... He happened, He was at the right place at the right time. Gotcha. Like, he was at the um, he was at the Danish School of Architecture at the time a very prominent architect named Rem Kohlhaas was teaching there, and he became friends with him, and he started working for me, and he designed... Or him and another guy who also now owns a firm that's similar to this, but not quite, like at this rock star like level yet did a lot of the work on a on a public library in Seattle mm-hmm. and it opened up a world of connections for them. Wow, so cool just lucky, I guess. Yeah, so he um but so that 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 guy Rem Kulhas is kind of known for his way of teaching people and his way of understanding architecture, his way to manifest, you know, very complicated political situations and turn them into things that make the architecture more architecture, more compelling. All right. So, so he and our, uh, Rem is also pretty well connected. I mean, most of his work now is involved with Prada, where he designs buildings and oh. runways and stuff for them. I mean, I guess that's all about showmanship too. The idea of like being paid to design a runway, just like oh my god, the things, how some people spend their money. Yeah, and Prada spends a lot of money on that because it allows their work to be presented in the exact way they want to present it. Oh jeez, I don't know. I if there's a superficial person out there, it is not me. Mm-hmm. And the idea of just like people living their lives based on aesthetics, just like oh, and I that, just don't understand it. And I think that's where my conflict with Bjarke kind of in his work, more specifically, not him, the person. I don't know for them, obviously. I, I'm not a grounds to 
make judgment calls on this man's personality. But the thing is, you know, the buildings are very aesthetic and they have a sort of logic to them that you're able to understand. But ultimately, if you look at a lot of the spaces he makes, the spaces themselves are quite average. Like, like you, when you see a Bjarke building, you see this these grand pictures of, you know, these crazy things. And I can... Um, I can post. I can post information, you know, on on the website um, about this, and I'll put a link to the website once I get that sorted out. But um, so what he does is like, let's look at the two World Trade Center skyscraper, for example. Okay. And so it is a. Okay, these are all the old design. That's because that's not his design. That's the old former design for the two World Trade Center. This is the World Trade Center design. Ooh. So it's a series of... It's a, it, and he uses a metaphor. Like, if you look at his graphics, they're very compelling because it just shows these seven... It shows seven blocks. And I can actually go, probably go to the Arc Daily article. But if you, like, if you look at it like this, there's nothing compelling about the way it touches the ground, and that's my inherent issue with the project, is that is boring. There is nothing interesting about the way it touches the ground. It has the feel of any other... Yeah, it just looks like any other building. Yeah. Okay, so this this is actually the, the this is a compelling image, I think. Um, like where you see like these multi-heighted spaces happening. Um, but if you look at that, look at that, and here are his graphics. Seven blocks, the footprint, boom. Wow. Yeah. So if you compare that to the graphics you've seen before on about of the other architects we've been looking at, his graphics are by far the best. Definitely the. I feel like I just I have a very good understanding just by looking at this, and I, I know nothing. And so that's how he's able to do the things he does. He just knows how to market it. He knows how to he knows how to market it, and all of his designs have can be broken down to this simple of a logic. Like we'll go into his website more. Well, look at this. Why not? And so here we're looking at we're looking at his graphics, and we're understanding like that he put he put classrooms under a soccer field. Oh wow. And then I assume this is where the audience the audience happens yeah. above above there. Potentially disruptive. I'm sure there's some sort of oh, sonic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so this is actually built. Yeah, all this stuff looks like wicked awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all about this guy and like his designs and stuff. But like, so you're saying the point of all of this is he clearly doesn't need. I mean, fifteen thousand dollars is a drop in the bucket for him. Why didn't he just like? fund this himself yes it's probably just the principle of his business model you know what I mean like never spend your own money on your own projects mm-hmm. just keep your money your money I think I think that's got that's gotta be what it is because other than that it just it doesn't make sense it doesn't he wouldn't sense. do it for anything so he's just not gonna start it for this mm-hmm. eh. I mean, like, you see a lot of uh, artists who can afford, like, you. if you compared this to music before, a lot of artists who can afford to um, finance their own albums, they still do it through Kickstarter, various other projects. That's very true. Or, like, uh, someone who wants to make a movie. Like, many uh, actors or directors have the money to make their own movie, but they don't want to, like, invest in something that could fail. Right. So I guess this could fail. He just doesn't wouldn't have a failure as an investment. Hmm. Well, the thing is, this has to succeed because he's already he's already proven it can succeed. The only thing that will happen is this will cost more money. This will get more expensive, but it will not fail before it's too expensive. 
I guess um, it's a lot easier to just get. Okay, I, can... I my my brain died. Uh, yeah, he just doesn't want to spend his own money on his projects. I think there's something. I think there's something more to it, though. That's do it. you? I, I really, I, I genuinely think what he's trying to do is he's trying to get people engaged. Is he's trying to further this because his whole platform is about how he's you know trying to make the world more like our dreams. Now he's trying to, you know, make designs that are very that please everyone, and so he's trying to please people further by getting them involved in his projects. I mean, that's by making people feel included. That's exactly what the whole like. That's why filmmakers use Kickstarter too. It's like way better than advertising is you get people attached and they donate money. They feel like they're a part of it. Mm-hmm. Boom. Okay. So I think it's a stunt for... I mean, I, I don't know about the other companies involved because there are many companies involved in the production of the steam ring generator um, for the world's cleanest power plant. But I think it's a move, particularly, particularly with Big. I think Big's angle on it is ultimately they're trying to create and further extend the cult of big and create a better image for their image for their brand by making the people that are attached that are involved in their brand and like their brand feel attached to it because they've now invested money in it okay and so that's why i think they did it well that is as good of any reason as i could come up with i think you're onto something there honestly it's just it's just it's just incredibly interesting to me but that is all we have for today yeah, exact, exact like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll have to cut down a bit of this. We'll probably go down to about one fifteen. But thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>